right, everybody, it's time for another Master Passive Income Show. Thank you so much for being here with me. My name is Dustin Heiner. I'm the founder of Master Passive Income. And at Master Passive Income, we talk all about real estate rental properties and how you can quit your job by investing in passive income. That's what I love to do. I love to help people quit their jobs, basically live the dream life because they don't need a job anymore because they have money coming in. That's what I love to do is help people to do that. Now today, we're gonna be looking at the 1% rule. The 1% rule is a metric that I use and many other investors use to figure out if we would want to look further at a property, if we want to buy that property. It helps us gauge if a property is good or not. And I'm gonna talk all about it, the good and the bad and the ugly, all about it. So let's jump in today's show where we talk all about the 1% rule and how we can use that in our real estate investing so that we can find good properties and not waste time doing it. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Sweet. Now let's get started. Now everybody, or just about everybody, has heard of the phrase, the rich keep getting richer, or the rich get richer. Well, I started to think, you know, why is that? I started to question that rather than being upset about it. I started to think, well, why do the rich keep getting richer? Could it be that they were born into it? Well, Maybe, but not everybody is born into wealth. I know I wasn't born into wealth. In fact, we lived in a two-bedroom house when I was growing up as a kid, and my dad was a carpenter, and my my mom, she worked at as a waitress inside at a, at a restaurant, and so we didn't have much money. We went to the, you know, not the best schools at all, like whatever's closest to us, and so I was never born into money, and I know there are a lot of people that were born into money at the same time, and so if there are different ways that people get wealthy, you know, whether they're born into it or not, I still start to think it doesn't really even matter if you're born into it or not. In America, what I really love about America is the equal opportunity to actually go after your dream. I mean, see poor people become wealthy. I see wealthy people become poor. And so what I started questioning to myself was, why do the rich keep getting richer? And why do the poor stay poor? And I started to understand that, well, the rich probably know something. They have some understanding that I don't or poor people don't, or they have a risk ability that they can get past the risk and, and take a risk in to order to make more money. And so I really started putting that through my head. Why do the rich keep getting richer? And then I started buying rental properties. I bought my first rental property and I think I was 26 or 27 years old. And I said, you know what? In 10 years, I'm going to quit my job. And I kept working hard. And eventually I was able to quit my job. Now I could say I'm wealthy. I could say that I'm not wealthy compared to some or compared to others. I'm not, or I am. It just depends. But what I wanted was to never work a job, never be beholden to somebody else dangling a paycheck in front of my face and you keep working while I'll give you money for the hour that you spend. And I didn't want that. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to figure out how the rich keep getting richer. Well, really what it comes down to is people who are wealthy, who know how to use their money to make more money, and the people who are poor work for an hour, work an hour, and then make an hourly wage. Well, the way to get wealthy is not to work an hour and get paid for an hour. I'll be completely honest with you. 
if you work one hour as a doctor, you're going to make a lot of money. But if you don't work again, you're not going to make any more money. If you buy one rental property, that rental property is going to be making you money over and over and over and over again. Imagine if you had one rental property where you made $250 a month from that one rental property. Well, that would be $3,000 in one year that would be extra in your pocket because it's passive income and you didn't work for it. And imagine if you had 10 of those properties, oh man, you'd have 30,000 extra dollars in your pocket every single year because you had those rental properties. Wouldn't that be absolutely fantastic? Now, I want you to get started investing in real estate. I have a free workshop that I want you to join. Go to www.freeinvestorworkshop.com. Freeinvestorworkshop.com. I'll also put in the description for you as well so that you can actually see what it's like and what it takes to invest in real estate rental properties. And I'll give you the secret was I didn't have much money. I didn't have any experience. I didn't have any time. I had a family and I had a job, full-time job, and I still made it work. And now I quit my job and I live the dream life. So go to freeinvestorworkshop.com. And the reason why I'm doing this free workshop is because I want to blow the lid off so every uh, every single one of us poor people can actually see what it takes to actually become wealthy. Now, this is not just wealth for yourself. You know, if you're a doctor, you work one hour, make a lot of money, and you put all that money in your pocket. Well, you cannot transfer that job or that business down to your kids because your kids don't have that doctor, you know, understanding and they don't have the degrees and they don't have all that sort of stuff. But my rental properties, I can literally pass them down to my kids and everything that I get. And the reason why this really came up recently in my brain was because I'm going to be starting a business. Because I have enough money, I'm going to start a gym. I'm going to start a gym and hopefully, you know, Lord willing, it's actually going to be making money instead of losing money. I know most gyms lose money, but I'm going to be creating or starting a gym. And if everything pencils out well, which it seems like it is, I'm going to be making some money. And, you know, I'm going to have the gym work for me rather than me work for the gym. You know, like I'm not going to work an hour and get paid. I'm going to start a business that makes money for me while I don't have to work. So that's why the rich keep getting richer is because we see that there are ways to make money without working an hour. And that's what I want for you. I want you to see the benefit of getting passive income, buying one rental property, two rental properties, four, five, uh, 10, and on up. I want to see you change your life. Now, in today's show, I'm going to be talking all about the 1% rule. Now, I personally love the 1% rule, and I use it in my business all the time. The 1% rule really helps me to weed out a lot of properties that I wouldn't need to actually run the numbers to see if it's going to work or not, see if it's going to be a good property. And here's, I'm going to be completely honest and say, it takes me literally 10 seconds or less to see if one property is actually going to be worth my time to run the numbers to see if it's going to be worth investing in. Now, if you go to my show notes page, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 69, this is the 69th episode. If you go there, I'm going to do a special video recording where I'm going to show you how I personally use that 1% rule. I'm going to pull up Zillow and I'm going to look at some properties. I'm going to find properties and I'm going to use that 1% rule and show you exactly how it's done. So go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 69 forward slash 69. That'll show, take you to the podcast show notes. At the same time, you're going to see a video of me actually showing you how to do it. Because all I do is I pull up one area of the country, I zoom in, I zoom in, I zoom in anymore or even more on Zillow.com, find a property and I can quickly tell 
if it's a property that is worth investing more of my time to see if it's worth buying. And that's the beauty of the 1% rule. And it usually takes me five or 10 seconds to really do it. Okay, so what is the 1% rule? Now, there's a lot of different uh, ways to explain it, but here's how I explain it and how I explain it to all my students and how it really works for me. The 1% rule is any property that can rent for 1% of the purchase price per month, that is one a property that you should look further into, like run the numbers better, get all the income, all the expenses, and actually see if it's a good property to rent. Now, I will give a big caveat and say the 1% rule is not something you should say, hey, it fits the 1% rule, I'm gonna buy it. No, don't do that, absolutely do not do that. You wanna say the 1% rule is what's gonna help me to see if this is worth more time to invest in actually running the numbers, looking at the pictures, looking at everything, like spending more time and more due diligence to see if the property is good or not. So this 1% rule is gonna be saving you hours and hours if you implement it well, but you do not use it as your only only rule to find out if you're gonna buy a property. So I'm absolutely gonna say this, do not use the 1% rule to buy a property. Like, hey, it meets the 1% rule, let me buy it. Do not do that. There is so much more to learn. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But this is really going to help you to know if a property is worth more time to invest. Okay, so again, what is the 1% rule? It basically is if the property can rent for 1% per month of the entire purchase price, then it's worth looking further into. So here's how it works out. Let me give you an example. So the example would be you're going to buy a $100,000 house. Now, we're not going to buy a $300,000 house or a $400,000 house, $500,000 house. We're not going to look at those because those are probably not going to make us money in the long run. We're going to look around um, maybe $75,000 to $150,000 in that range. And there are plenty of states that have properties. I know you might be thinking like if you're in New York or San Francisco, like, man, there's no way I could buy a property. I'm like, yes, you're absolutely right. It's stupid expensive in those areas. That's why I love showing people how to find other states and like in the Midwest, down to down to Florida, all the way um, back up to like Ohio, Indianapolis or Indiana and all those places. There are some great properties that you can buy and you can find really, really good properties that are not that expensive and still make money and have the 1% rule work. So the properties that are between 75,000 to 150,000, you're gonna find one. Let's give me give you an example. Let's say $100,000 property. You find a $100,000 property. Well, I'm gonna ask you, if it's 1% rule, how much should it rent for per month if you are going to analyze this property further? Now, just, you know, as you're driving or if you're just listening to this while you're taking a run or whatever you're doing, you know, if it was renting for $700, is that the 1%, is that above or below? Now, the rule is it has to be above 1% of the purchase price per month. Well, $700, if it's a $100,000 property, that's not even above 1%. That's like uh, 0.7%. So it's not even 1% yet. Now, if it's $1,000 rented, which is 1% of $100,000, then it meets the 1% rule. If it's 950, then it doesn't. If it's 1,050, then it does. So 1%. And so what I'm giving you is just rough round numbers. And so here's another example. Let's say you're gonna buy a $125,000 house and you wanna see and utilize the 1% rule. Well, you wanna make sure it's, it's able to be rented for $1,250 
a month. Now that's 1%. If it does rent for that or even somewhere even close, then it might be worth spending some time running the numbers to see if you can actually make money from that property. Now a big question you're going to ask is why should I use the 1% rule? And now I did explain just really quickly why you should because it saves time, but here's another reason. It's because there are so many properties out there that your time is precious. See, I started investing and I didn't have any time. I had a business, I had my job, and I had my wife and kids. And so I didn't have any time. So I needed a fast way to weed out properties. And so if you're looking at 50 properties at one time, wouldn't it be better if you didn't have to analyze every single property? You were able to say, you know what? There are 50 properties. I quickly look through each one and within 10 seconds of each one, I can know which one to actually run further numbers on and see if it's a good property. So why you use the rent percent rule? It's because it's gonna save you time. Your time is the most precious thing you can ever spend. That's why I wanted to quit my job so I can be with the people I love, my wife and I, my kids. And so that's why I did it. That's why I quit my job. That's why I invest in real estate is because I have more time. I'm pretty sure you're in the same boat with me as well, where you want more time. Now, obviously having more money, not having to worry about bills. I, I Man, I've, I got to be honest with you. Not worrying about bills is such an amazing thing. You know, I have my rental properties make me money. That's how I make money is through my rental properties. And I get money every single month from my property managers and my bills. Like, I, obviously, you guys know that I'm frugal. So I don't just spend lavishly on anything, but I am frugal. But I do do things like I'm going to go on a four week vacation in uh, like from Florida, drive all up to New York, see all the historic stuff in about a month. I'm going to be doing that. So I'll be doing a podcast show every state. I, I try to do a podcast in a new area. So I'm probably going to do a podcast in every new state that I'm at. But what I wanted to share with you is that your time is the most important thing, most precious thing in your life. And the 1% rule is going to help you weed out all properties that you would not need to waste your time on. Now, here's another thing about the 1% rule. The 1% rule, some people also use it. Now, I personally don't. And the reason why I don't use it this way before I get to how other people use it, um, because it, it does work, but I just don't like it that much. I just use it for the way. Um, I invest for passive income. I don't invest for how fast I could pay off the property. I don't invest for um, appreciation. I don't invest for any of that stuff. I invest for passive income. I invest for money going in my pocket every single month. Now, another way that people use the 1% rule is to see how long it's going to take for the property, all the rents that come in, how long it would take to pay off that entire purchase price of that property. Now, the reason why, okay, basically, this is how it works out. If somebody buys it for $100,000, and if it rents for $1,000, well, you, you multiply it by how many months, that's how many months it would actually take to pay off the entire balance of the property. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's actually bad. I just don't care. I don't care about this type of thing. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. I just did because a lot of people talk about it. And what we do is we invest for cash flow every single month. And the 1% rule saying we want to see how long it's going to take us to pay off the property. Well, you and I as investors, we don't care about that. And here's the biggest thing. Let, track with me here. If I buy a $100,000 home and I use an FHA loan, which is a 3.5% down, down payment to buy the property, that's $3,500 to buy one property. I live in there for a year because at FHA, you have to live in there a year. And then I move out and I get a renter in there. This is something I suggest to lots of people who are getting started who don't have much money. I didn't have much money. And this is a great way. I bought my first house with an FHA. So you buy it for $100,000, you put $3,500 down. So out of my pocket is only $3,500. What's balance? $96,500 plus 
all of the interest on top of that. Now, what is beautiful, and you're going to know this because you've been listening to the podcast, your tenant, not you, your tenant is the one paying off the $96,500 as well as all the interest and taxes and expenses and the property management fees that are going to make sure that you don't even have to work. All those things are paid off by your tenant. So I don't care how fast I'm going to pay off the property. I only care that I'm making an extra $250 a month going in my pocket. Now, I have 30 plus properties. $250 is the bare minimum. You want to shoot for $300, $400, $500. I have some properties that are cash flowing me $450 a month. Imagine having five properties or 10 properties at $450 a month. Man, wouldn't it just be mind-blowing to get at least just one property, let alone 10, 15, 20 of those? So the 1% rule, in my opinion, is all about saving you time. So 1% of the purchase price of the property per month is the rent. If it beats that, then proceed. Now, when you look at who should actually use this 1% rule, now, you know me, we don't talk about wholesaling, we don't talk about flipping, tax liens, tax deeds, anything like that. Like we don't talk about that. We talk about rental properties, buying rental properties and keeping them long-term. So everybody else, they're like like wholesalers, um, flippers, tax liens, all those other types of quote unquote investing in real estate, but basically using it for real estate, it's really not going to work that well for you because the 1% rule is banking on us getting cash flow and holding it long term. So who uses the 1% rule, this particular 1% rule that I'm talking about? It's investors like us, buy and hold investors who hold for long term, for gains of wealth that are going to be passed down to our children and our grandchildren. Like I'm never going to sell some properties, even the um, commercial property that I'm moving my new business into. Remember the gym I was just talking about? Eventually I, I have it in the contract in the lease that if and when the landlord does want to sell, I have first right of refusal to actually buy the property and it's a prime location. So I keep buying assets that make me money that are going to make my children money. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not giving them anything like they are going to be working hard and they're going to learn what it's going to take to actually be a business owner. They're not going to start at the top. They're starting at the ground floor. They're going to work their way up. In fact, they're, I'm going to have them build their own business. And I'm going to show them how to build their own business. So now, who is the 1% rule for? It's for buy and hold investors like us. Now, let's look at how to actually use the 1% rule. Again, go to the show notes page where I'm actually gonna show you and walk you through on a video how to use Zillow with the 1% rule to see if a property is gonna make enough cash flow every single month. I think the video is like maybe 10 minutes long, but I'm gonna show you in depth how to actually use my calculator on my site that's gonna show you how much passive income you're gonna make, as well as how to use Zillow and the 1% rule. So how to use it, basically it's super easy. If you're gonna buy a property for $300,000, it better rent for $3,000 or more before you're gonna waste any time analyzing the numbers, seeing if it's actually gonna be a good property. So does that make sense? Uh, hopefully it does. If it's a $500,000 house, it better rent for $5,000 a month if you're gonna buy it as a rental property. Now, I personally never would just because if you have a loan on a $500,000 house, if you have the tenant move out and it's vacant for two months or even just one month, a $500,000 loan, that's like $2,500. Now track with me here. If your mortgage payment is $2,500 a month and it's vacant for one month, 
just the mortgage payment alone, if you're making $250 or more a month, well, that's 10 months of all your profits eaten up and you only have two extra months. Uh, that's basically $500 that are going to be profit for you, which I can't live on $500 per property per year. I need a lot more money than that. Does that make sense? I mean, hopefully it makes sense that a mortgage that's really, really high, if it's vacant for one month, all your profits are taken up. If you have a property that you have $75,000 loan on it, well, one month payment is going to be like, I don't know, 300 bucks. Well, you can actually stomach a $300 mortgage payment. So I just wanted to quickly go through that. My brain started going down this path of, man, I don't like having big mortgages that are going to take up all my profits. So next thing, what goes into the 1% rule? Now, basically what it comes down to, we're going to add up all of our expenses, all of our expenses. And if we make sure that we have enough passive income coming in as $250 or more, after all the expenses are deducted from the rents, then that's a good property that we should potentially look at to buy. Now, there's plenty of other due diligence, things that we need to do, inspections and all that sort of stuff. So this is not, an, again, you know, if it fits where you're making $250, that's not the absolute, you know, rule, buy the property. No, there's so many other things you got to do. In fact, you got to build the business first. But next, what goes into the 1% rule? It's really the price that they're asking and the rent. Now, what if you have find a property, it looks like a great property, but it's just below the 1% rule. You know, they're asking $100,000, it rents for 900. You're like, man, it doesn't fit the 1% rule. Well, that only is their asking price. It's the purchase price. So if you can talk them down, like if you, they're at 100,000, you start at 80,000. You start at 80, they come down to 95. You come up to 82. They come down to like 92. You come up to 95 or uh, 85. And then eventually, you know, you kind of meet, meet somewhere in there, but you get to $90,000 and the purchase price is $90,000. Well, that is sure is 1%. 900 is 1% of $90,000. Well, you just worked your way into 1%. So if you're finding a property that looks really, really good and you want to get it, just negotiate, negotiate everything. And this is something I've said in another podcast, negotiate everything in this business, like absolutely everything, negotiate, negotiate, negotiate everything in this business, especially purchase price. So when it comes with a 1% rule, all you need to do is make sure that you get that purchase price, not the offer price or the asking price, but you get the purchase price as low as so you have 1%. And if you do that, then running the numbers, you'll be able to see if you can actually make money. Now, the reason why you need to run numbers after you see the 1% rule is because you never know. As you're looking at property, there might be some extra expenses. Like let's say there's an HOA, a homeowners association. Well, you didn't know at first glance, you didn't know that, but then you ran after you did the 1% rule, you see it's a property you want to look further in, you see the HOA and you're like, oh shoot, I really need to actually add this HOA expense into my monthly budget because now I might not even be making $250 a month. Now, what's also interesting is there's also a 50% rule. Not many people have actually heard of the 50% rule, but it's it's a general rule of thumb. And again, all these are, are just rules. They're not hard, fast laws or anything you gotta go by. Um, like for me, $250 a month is a law. Like if I don't make $250 a month per property, if I don't make that, I pass on the property or I lower the price, the, you know, the asking price, um, or for price. So what you want to do with the 1% rule is look at the 50% rule on top of that. So the 50% rule basically is, in a nutshell, is this. Whatever amount of money you can make per month in rents is going to be cut in half to expenses. So if you're making $1,000 per month with one property from its rents, half of it, is going to be taken up. So $500 will go to taxes, insurance, 
maybe homeowners association, legal, property management fees, all that sort of stuff. So that's 50%. And then after that, and that's not, and the bigger thing, the 50% rule is not including your mortgage. So if your mortgage tacked on top of that would fit into where you're making $250 a month, well, that 50% rule is just showing you how much expenses that you're gonna have without a mortgage. Now, if you're paying cash, then absolutely the 50% rule is gonna be great because if you're paying cash, and now again, this is just a rule of thumb, so don't use this as a hard, steadfast rule where you're gonna tell yourself, man, 50%, that's all I'm gonna have in expenses. Well, no, you gotta run your numbers, you gotta actually do your due diligence, talk to the property manager, talk to the realtor, talk to people to see what all your expenses are. And so let's say you buy a property for cash and each month the property makes $1,000 in rent. Well, you can expect $500 a month. Maybe give or take, it could be 450, it could be 550, but that's a good rule of thumb. Now I wanna talk about what to do after the 1% rule. Because a lot of people just talk about the 1% rule, but what happens after you do the 1% rule? Now, after the 1% rule, then you really need to figure out if the property is worth buying. Now remember, the 1% rule is only gonna help you to know if this property is worth further investigation. Actually run the numbers. Now after that, let's say you find a property, and again, go to my video where I show you what to do after that. You, what you're gonna do is you're gonna look at the property. If it fits that 1% rule, then you run the numbers. Then you pull up my Master Passive Income calculator. You go to masterpassiveincome.com. At the top, you're gonna see resources. Click on resources, and I have my cash flow calculator. You wanna click on that. And as you put in all the numbers, and again, the video will show you how to do this, as you put in all the numbers, you're gonna see how much cash flow it makes after every single month. So what you're gonna to need to do is you're gonna to need to run the numbers. You will need to figure out how much your property management fees are. You need to figure out how much your taxes are gonna be, what your insurance is gonna be. And so these are the sort of things that you should make sure you account for in the property. Like 5% would probably go to maintenance and repairs of every single month, and you wanna make sure you save that in a bank account. 10% could be capital expenditures, like big ticket items, like HVAC replacements, which is like your air conditioning and heating and cooling and a new roof, things like that. 10%, that would be a normal fee for a property manager. That could also be it as well. Maybe 10% of property taxes. It might be give or take uh, lower or, or more, but you want to save that every single month. Maybe 5% would go to insurance, but all rates differ, so that could be another one. And also 10%, you can have a vacancy factor. Basically, vacancy factor is a way to say, if a property is able to be rented for 12 months and it's not rented for one month out of the year, then 11 months it is rented for. Well, the vacancy factor is one month, which is like 5% of the time. So five to 10% vacancy and turnover. And so these are the things that you need to account for. Now, there are plenty other expenses that I'm not gonna go through right now, like an HOA fee, or if you have to take care of the water and sewer yourself. Um, I know one area that I invest, the water, sewer, and garbage actually gets tied on to the property itself. Like they put, they put it in the tenant's name, but if the tenant moves out and doesn't pay it, then it's stuck with the homeowner because they want their money. It's the it's a municipality doing it. It's a government facility trying to take money out of the landowner. And so what happens is the tenant can rack up charges and then it's stuck on the landlord, which is horrible because then I got to pay it. And here's a pro tip for you. If you have a property that has something like this and you check every single month that if the tenant is paying off the water, sewer, and garbage or whatever bill it is, if it's in, if it's, they legally need to pay for it, if they don't, then you deduct that for the rents to pay for the water, sewer, and garbage. And you say, hey, 
you're late on your rent. You only paid, you know, $400 instead of $800 because we had to pay for the garbage, sewer, and water. So you're late. Now you're late. You know, late fees. It's perfectly legal to absolutely do that. Obviously, check with your property manager, check with your laws, but you want to make sure it's in your contract that, hey, if you do not pay, we'll use your rent to pay for those because that's your responsibility. So that's a huge pro tip for you. Now, remember, the 1% rule is just to help you save time. It is not a hard and steadfast rule that, hey, I got a property with 1% let me go ahead and buy it because rents fluctuate. You know, you might, what you think is a good rent might not be, it might be less than that. You need to check with your property manager. You might have more expenses. So the 1% rule is a rule of thumb. Now, remember, I want you to get started. So take me up on my offer for my free investor workshop. Go to freeinvestorworkshop.com. I want to show you how you can get started investing in real estate. Okay, guys. It has been great. I really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here with me. I hope you guys the best of everything as you're getting out there, starting investing. So get out there, start investing, and quit your job and live the dream life. All right, see you next week.